Hello, this is Marco again. Um, again, since there's not many podcasts being published, I figured I'd um, read one of my articles that I've written. This one is about Florence, my first experience in Florence. It's called Florence Day One, The Wonders of Men About Women. Women. Um, the preface is, this is a first in travel writing for me. Um, so, to begin, from 12 a.m. to 8 a.m., my friends and I traveled by train from Trieste to Venezia Mestre to Bologna Centrale, and finally to Firenze Centrale, which is Florence. We got off the train, we took a picture together to pop the cap off for our experience in this grand city. The three-day excursion was to go to Florence for two days, and then two friends and I would go to the mountainous views of Switzerland to see the beautiful Lake Como. I would not go to Switzerland on this trip. Instead, I would stay for a third day for a girl I frequented. I will see Lake Como another time. I will certainly see it another time. There were seven of us traveling together. The friends that ended up going to Switzerland were Ethan and Josh, and the one who joined me for one more day in Florence was Justin. The three that went back to Trieste after the two days were Armand, Tyler, and Antonio. We are all lovers of this country. So, we arrived in Florence on June 3rd at 8 in the morning. We were tired, but it didn't stop me from living it up in the first moment I saw an opportunity to. Before that, however, we saw the church, Santa Maria Maggiore. It was a beautiful piazza, but we moved on after taking some photos. We had business. Our first order of business was to make sure the seven lot of us could get into our hotel. We booked for five, and so our friends took the bag of Ethan and I and went to check in. So Ethan and I wandered around the area, and my opportunity walked into a library along the other side of the street. She wore a full white outfit, if I recall correctly, and white shoes. A very common choice of shoes among Italian youth, everywhere I've seen. So I looked at Ethan and said, that girl who just walked in there is beautiful. I will see you later. And I believe he said, good luck to you. I'll see you at the hotel. And then we shook hands. So I crossed the narrow street and went into the library, which was even more narrow. There were wooden shelves and they held magazines that led to a thin but tall door to another room. I said ciao to the man behind the counter and walked to the thin door, which led to a cafe in front of me. And to my right were study tables and books along the walls to the left and right of them. Then I saw the wooden stairs that ventured upward where other girls were sitting and studying. I could not find the girl in white, but my eyes moved around the books and I saw there was an abnormal amount of books by Freud lined up. This isn't normal for me to see in America. So I slid the Italian translation of his interpretations of dreams and found a place to sit on the wooden stairs. As a student of the language, I became bored reading it mildly quickly bored of reading it mildly quickly, and I put it down and looked around. She wasn't here, no doubt about it. I resolved that she didn't exist. Then I saw the top of the stairs where a different girl was sitting. There were two sides of the stairs with a gape in the middle that was like a cave on the ground floor. It cut away up and stopped at the top, and there she sat with her laptop open and typing. She hadn't noticed me, so I turned around and decided to write a poem and show and translate it into Italian for her. So that's what I did. I got up and ascended the stairs and spoke Italian with her, the best of my ability. She stopped me right away and explained 
to me that she was from Canada and there in a city for some months writing, living a dream, really. So I continued to, to explain the poem to her and sat down. I taught her some Italian idioms as well and used one to ask for her number. She smiled and said, I'm definitely going to give you my number. Instagram she gave me too. So I ripped a small piece of paper of my notebook that I was luckily carrying around and said I needed to return to my friends. I walked back through the tables and cafe and looked back to her. She was looking and I smiled and she was smiling back. Then I was out on the street and made a phone call to Ethan. I said we would be meeting with her later and he told me, Marco, we made like bandits with this hotel. Get over here and see it. He explained to me about the view and the kitchen and the space of the hotel. I went right over with a feeling of good fortune. Justin came down to meet me at the ground floor and I told him about what happened. In the hotel, I was given a short and beautiful tour. It was a beautiful view of perhaps the biggest building I've ever seen. Cathedrale di Santa Maria Fiore, the Duomo, as it's called. And in front of that was a construction site. We happened to be in Italy during a fishy government program to provide materials and funds for construction projects all over the country. Anyway, we made an amateur film in the hotel and then went out to an American breakfast restaurant, which the girl we met with later had funny things to say about. So, we ate around a round table and I asked our waiter about his tattoo of Perseus holding the head of Medusa. He loved his tattoo and I could tell because it was hard to get a word in with this guy. He described the story like he had read it a thousand times, and I admired his passion for mythology. Then we waited outside for my girl for the day, and while we waited, someone came up with the idea to pretend as if no one except for me can speak English. Armand, for that time, was Russian um, and spoke one phrase in different ways. The rest were my Italian friends from Michigan. How she bought this, I cannot say, but I felt bad for pulling this joke on her, and I let her in on it. So then we were playing a joke on all of them. The tides have turned. She came up with the idea to describe the statue of Perseus in a way that she knew was false to see what they would say. There was a good laugh after this when we explained ourselves. It was a very different feeling when we all spoke English again. After this, we went to Ponte Vecchio, and she described that this bridge was among many along the Arno River that the Nazis destroyed as they made their escape at the end of the war. Hitler often destroyed everything he left behind for the Allies to deal with. So like what happened in Paris, a Nazi officer made sure the bridge wasn't destroyed by those possessed by ideology. She also said, try the Florence steak. I really liked her. I can truly say that, and I still can. Ponte Vecchio means old bridge. And if you walk along and keep straight, you will find the famous Duomo. You can see this in the picture in my article. She made a picture of us with Ponte Vecchio in the background. And my friends went to sleep and I carried on the day with her and we laughed and held hands. And I taught her another Italian phrase and we kissed by the end of our first date. What was really enjoyable was sitting outside a cafe drinking iced tea with her. We played a game where we stared at each other's eyes. Not a staring contest. Rather, a game that allowed blinking but not talking, or averting your eyes. It was a comfort challenge in the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss. We, while we walked around after tea, we held hands, and when we didn't, I walked dangerously into the street. She became very worried and would take my hand and pull me out of the street. One thing I should mention is driving is very different in Italy. Then she started pushing me into the street and pulling me back and forth. She was happy and I adored her.
By this time, it was 2 p.m. and I wished to go to sleep. So she walked me home through the city she had been living in for many months already. And we arrived at my hotel, and after I called three of my friends, Ethan picked up and was on his way to bring me in. So I kissed her passionately until we arrived. I was brought up by the drowsiest Ethan I have ever seen, and he collapsed and slept immediately. I, on the other hand, had found a nice spot on the floor in the loft and managed to scrounge a pillow and slept two hours. Before that, however, I moved the pile of miscellaneous objects to the side and sat at our round table and wrote a postcard to my friend Benjamin at home. One thing I will say about the culture of Italy and perhaps other European countries. Sleep is for those who will not have fun. I was exhausted in Florence and life was beautiful. I can truly say that. When I wrote the postcard, it was about what I had experienced this day. In the middle of writing, I stopped unconsciously and I thought about the girl I dreamed with and about seeing her next, and then I kept writing. I would see her two more times before never seeing her again. And speaking of writing, the poem I wrote was two lines and it was never finished, but I certainly thought about it, for it was about the anima, the anima being a psychological term for idealizing a woman. So, when we recovered from our naps, we wandered around to look for a restaurant to sit down and eat. We followed the Google map and they all led to false locations. Eventually, we came across a restaurant called Osteria del Pocciolino, which means piggy tavern. This food, and I mean it when I say everything on the table, was the best food I have ever eaten in a restaurant. The best, period. The gnocchi was sauced with a garlic pesto, and it was the best of the table. The potatoes were seasoned with oregano, and were the softest, most well-cooked potatoes I've ever eaten until I got to my aunt's house in Isla de Lidi. There was also a, a peasant stew served with tomatoes and bread, bread cut very small inside. This was treasure. Then the steak was served and our smiles were sealed in Florence that night. In addition to that, mine was on the stairs in Piazza Mike Michelangelo, where David stands all day and into the night. David is a hero I must read about. You can see this picture on my blog. Before that, we went to the Piazza Santa Trinita, to meet with the girl I had been frequenting. I looked around this piazza as mediocre salesmen carried their garbage around the many places, palaces, that surrounded the piazza. When we were trying to get the scooters to work for our journey upward to the view from Piazza Michelangelo, she showed up out of the blue wearing a black top and white shorts. She had cultivated the general Italian look nicely as a Canadian. We made our venture up the incline holding hands and pushing each other back and forth. She was quite the pusher and did it well. We came upon the stairs and more stairs, looking back from time to time to see where we have been. We made it to the top and I was laughing and talking with my friends and I saw her leaning in the direction of the view so I went over. We talked and I looked at her beautiful face. I tell you her cheeks were full where they met at her lips and I wanted to kiss her, so I did. She took pictures of us guys and declined to be a part of any of them then we went to the stairs to spend the rest of the night. In the picture, just to the left, is Ponte Vecchio on the bottom, crossing the Arno River. But the picture is of the Duomo. And the next picture is the zoomed out view where you can see the Arno River much better. After a while of embrace, we went to find the guys and they said they were going to head home. Her and I took a different route. This was a scenic route of which we had walked before, except now it was night and it was silent. The conversation, too. 
She would not speak to me, and at one point I stopped to look at the statue thinking she would too, but she stopped further ahead. When I turned around, she was up the street. So I jogged up and asked what was the matter, and she said nothing was wrong. The kiss goodnight was quick and reserved. When I arrived upstairs, Armand was caught in surprise as to why I was there. Why are you sleeping here, he said. I told him what happened, and eventually I called her anyway. I adored her. She did not pick up, so I left a message offering a bottle of white wine. She said no again, and I was left by myself thinking what could have possibly happened. The next day we awoke early and I arrived at Santa Croce at 11 a.m., where I had my strongest religious experience. Stay tuned for day two of Florence. Thank you for listening.